Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so our guest today is Laurence Carr. She is a the creative director and CEO of her own award-winning New York-based design studio, Lawrence Carr Incorporated. Her signature style blends well-being practices with contemporary design and smart technology. She's passionate about educating the design community about its impact on the environment. And today she's going to share how we can design with sustainability in mind. So I am so excited because mm-hmm. we've had listeners tell us that they want to hear more about sustainability within the design world. And so here we are, we've got an expert and she <laughs> is going to g- tell us everything we need to know. So Lawrence, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. We have a long list of questions, but maybe you want to start by telling us sort of how you started to combine sustainability and your passion for, you know, sort of like environmental concerns with your design business. Yes, I think, you know, I've always been very close to nature. And from a very young age, I traveled uh, a lot with my family and and we used to do a lot of uh, nature walks and forage, uh, you know, through our outdoors uh, uh, expeditions, some food and, and, and just really, really being close to nature always stemmed that love for nature and that respect for nature. When I decided to, you know, go into interior design and do design, it was sort of a practice, you know, embedded in my lifestyle and how, how we have to design or we should create whatever we create, we always have to respect nature. So I guess it's just part of my of my uh, lifestyle and, and, and how I was raised and, and how I always approach being close to nature. So designing, you know, fast forward, becoming an interior designer and designing, I keep having this uh, uh, lifestyle practice, which is no matter what I'm going to create, uh, interiors, products, for my clients, I will always have uh, the benefit of a planet. We only have one planet uh, in mind. So when I started uh, designing, I, I, I worked with an eminent uh, interior designer, Mrs. Mika Ertegund, who had her firm in uh, New York City, Upper East Side. We were decorating, uh, designing beautiful, uh, extraordinary interiors. I was blessed to be able to work with a firm. But I didn't really uh, see uh, great discussions about wellness and uh, sustainability uh, while we were you know, creating this beautiful design. So I decided that I should, after a few years working, I I decided just to uh, start my own company and to really focus on these two pillars, which would be wellness and sustainability. And particularly with sustainability, being a European, I was right away thinking about the circular economy and circularity. Practicing circularity in interior design is about how to think about the life cycle of a product from the beginning to the end and and how we can prolong its life so it avoids ending up in a landfill. So that's how I I started and and I really came to really designing for wellness and sustainability and really focusing on sustainability and circularity. So when you say wellness, are you talking about, because when I I hear the word wellness, I think about like sort of the body. Mm -hmm. So are you talking about like how design can promote wellness like of your health or are you thinking more about like the the wellness or sustainability of like the furniture and the pieces or is it both well i guess they're they're, they're (laughs) inextricably uh, uh, intertwined i believe that you know when you design for sustainability you really have in mind what do you have in mind you want to design a healthy interior you want to design with healthy materials and healthy mm-hmm. products now what is healthy products you know you want to make sure that you won't have these vocs these chemicals that will keep emitting and therefore arm your health 
So mm-hmm. when I talk about wellness, yes, I mean, there are, you know, there is wellness, which is health. And it's absolutely very important to think about that for your clients. But also beyond that, also very much uh, into pra- the practice of, you know, traditional uh, you know, feng shui or different modalities uh, that would be related to that. But not just ancient traditional, because we talk about feng shui and different uh, uh, traditions, but also biophilia. I really truly think that it's very important to design with nature. And, and I will go even further to design, you know, like nature. Uh, the more we follow the path of nature, the more we'll understand how it's important to, uh, to design in alignment with nature. So when you say biophilia, you kind of mean like designing by incorporating nature into your design. That's absolutely correct. Yes. It's, uh, you know, uh, biophilia is not about, uh, um, we read it everywhere, you know, it's not about bringing plants. Biophilic design is an environmental quality. And so what you'd like to do is really bring that environmental quality, which is really an alignment with nature within your interiors. And you do that in many different ways. First, how can we integrate natural light, sunlight, as many in any, as many ways as we can? You know, with large mm-hmm. windows. How do we? How do we, as architect and then interior architect, designers and decorator, facilitate natural light and sunlight to be in every part of every room as much as possible? So natural light is very important, as you know, because it just will help our circadian rhythm to just you know be in check. You know, we need the sunlight as much as we need you know, uh, the moon and dark to be able to sleep. And, and that regulates our circadian rhythm. Part of the environmental quality of biophilia is also bringing natural elements, nature within us. So what, what within our interiors, what does it mean? Outside, if we look at our garden, we see trees, we see uh, green, you know, whether it's grass, plant, flowers. We want to bring some of these qualities within, within and we see rocks, stones, so if we can, in the choice of the materials, you know, bring wood in, bring stone, bring some of the greens in, we are sort of blurring the line between indoor and outdoor as much as possible. Having and then being surrounded with these elements will help us and will actually subliminally help us think that, you know, we are closer to nature or we are in nature. And and that contributes to our well-being and us feeling that. Now, there are many different ways to do that, and we can dive into it if you'd like to. You design in New York City. So I imagine maybe it's <laughs> much more challenging to blur the lines between indoors and out in a high rise. So, you know, how is that challenging? How do you, I mean, you kind of mentioned bringing in like natural sunlight and natural materials, but... What a hard place to try to blur the lines between indoors and out that you've yes. chosen to work in. <laughs> but probably no, that's a great. That's a great question. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, there are many ways to bring that in. I mean, again, you know, you will use all these elements, you know, stone, wood, uh, green colors, as well as plants and, and, and flowers, and, and then evoke them. Some, and, and it's been really demonstrated that some of it does not need to be always natural it can't be necessarily just green you know from the grass literally flowers having a projection of plants and flowers even on your tv even on some frame using wallpaper that evokes nature and there are so many as you've seen in the recent years you know bringing all of this green and flowers it just will already help soothe your interiors in so many ways um the element of water you know hearing the sound of water if you can bring a fountain in if you can have a little decoration that will just have the trickle of the sound of the water just trickle cling down, you know, that would be really lovely, which is why it's so popular in spa, you know, you can hear, you know, that little fountain as soon as you enter in a bathroom and, and you have that sound. So it's really that um, kind of a call for a, a kind of a sensory experience in your interiors by appealing in different ways. And, and just to continue to answer to your question, Caroline, it's just like even having a balcony, even having a window with some of your herbs, you know, placed above your kitchen sink and having these beautiful beautiful green, you know, in front of you, uh, just that is already a little bit soothing, you know, it 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 doesn't need to be like quantity, it can be just some touch here and there, having a bonsai tree, 
it's tiny, you know, having some of these herbs here, you know, your kitchen counter that maybe has some texture with, with stone, you know, that is, that is textural, some wood furniture. So, uh, what floor do you use? You know, is, is, you, is your uh, uh, floor parquet? Is that tiles? Uh, what type of stone is it? And, and some, some texture and some beautiful textiles such as wool, cotton, Silk, so many of this can 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 be textural and um, and reminiscent of nature. Okay, it's fascinating to me that you're kind of saying that maybe the reason that we love those florals and botanical prints, maybe in wallpaper or fabrics or art, it actually has a healing or a healthy quality to it. And it like, there's a reason maybe that we love that type of thing. And people have loved it for so long and incorporated it in, in design for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's absolutely. It's not just, you know, sort of a modern concept. It's like, it's both, I don't know. I find that fascinating that that's, maybe that's why we love it so much. Subconscious, sub, you know, subconsciously, I guess. Yes, it is. Um, I believe uh, it's Edward Wilson who uh, came up in the 19th century, it was 19th or 20th century, with that concept of biophilia um, and really talked about and explained um, you know, a scientist. And he really explained how we humans are really, uh, really linked to uh, nature. And, and, and I mean, if you think about our ancestors, you know, in the caveman age and how we had to hunt. And, and find food through that, you know, it's just part of, of our DNA and, and how uh, that us, we can never forget that one of his theory, part of his theory was that we can never forget that we came from that and how it's important for us to therefore have this vision and have this relationship with nature, even a walk in a forest is very important. The Japanese has this term, which is uh, yunshiri, which is really forest bathing. In Japanese, and, and and I'm sorry if I don't say it the right way, but it, it, it's just like it's called forest bathing, and it's a practice, it's a ritual. Just go for a walk, and just you know having a walk uh, in the forest is soothing, is and and it's demonstrated as is you know scientifically and also spiritually. Don't you feel better after a walk in the forest? I, mm-hmm. I believe we all do. You know, if you love nature because it's calming and it's a sensory experience, and you are close to nature again. So really the, the, the theory of biophilia is that we cannot live without nature and we actually feel depleted, which is why for those who live in urban living or in, in large urban cities, it is essential to get out and go closer to the beach or closer to you know, the mountain or, or hiking. You know, I don't know, you know, whatever makes you feel better closer to nature. Okay. You touched every sense when you were speaking of this and I guess the last one I have for my home is scent. Because again, you talked about eyes and you've talked about what I'm hearing and um, and how that affects me. But what do you do for like a scent within that same umbrella in your home? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, these candles that have been so important with essential oil, how can we do, you know, which is why also aromatherapy is so, so popular in bathrooms and also in uh, kitchen um, or, I mean, I will go even further. Um, there is um, this, this it's, not a, it's not a trend, but it's just more and more present is the importance of having candles that are, you know, with really true scent because we want to avoid any, you know, chemicals. But um, how these in hotels, I don't know if you, if you work sometimes in some large resorts and you have that scent um, that mm-hmm. is purposefully put there for you to just feel, you know, more relaxed or more at home or whatever the intention, you know, of the marketing communication and hotel is um, for you. But you often find it in spa, like in very relaxing resorts close to nature. So scent is absolutely important. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, it is um, a part of your sensory experience. And the more you you actually soothe these these sounds, as well as sound, you know, we forget about sound, and um, which is what during the pandemic we had this real surge of acoustic walls, and suddenly the realization that while we were all quarantined and stuck at home, you know, some other people were making so much noise, whether it was 
from the same family or you know <laughs> and we needed these uh, these uh, uh, these spaces where we realize oh we have to work on acoustic world we have to work on making sure that a, a sound is beautiful and and then then we had now we have this trend that is like really coming out how creating a music and a sound room is hyper important because the work from home, you know, phenomenon is not going anywhere. We will continue to live in that way. Hybrid work is here forever. And, um, you know, it's one of the, the, the trends that uh, the pandemic has accelerated. One of the silver linings, understanding that it's fantastic to work from home, but we have to make sure that we, we know how to manage sound and, and, and to our benefit. Okay, let's get into sustainable design, because I imagine most people are thinking about sustainability is much more, I think, uh, front and center in various industries not related to decorating and furniture, you know, cars, for example, or food. But I feel like it's a growing trend and people are more just aware of what they're shopping for and the environmental impacts of the the items that they're putting into your home. So can you give us just... Let's start with the basics. Like what are the the categories or the items in your home that if you're that if you're buying or looking to add into your home whether even if it's, you know, not buying new, where should you really be focused on shopping for a sustainable item? Are there are there there are places where it matters more than other, you know, like they say in the grocery store like you really want organic fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. if you can only yeah, or where are the easiest places to start also in your home? So so I would just like to, to start with that, you know, explaining that, you know, the environmental sustainability is a concept of living and building, making and working in ways that really, truly minimizes any negative impact on Earth. Um, it's really about living in the present such that we protect the future. And I think once we had that in mind, then we approach, you know, um, a, a life uh, uh, in such a way that we will always ask, where does this product come from? How is it made? What was uh, the way it was made? Um, and with which community? And, um, and, and how can I use it in such a way that I will avoid as much as possible for it to end up in the landfill as fast as it could? So it's really a, 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 a lifestyle, you know, your mindset. And and, 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 uh, and and then I think what's important to understand is that the deeper, you know, we go into the interior design industry, the furnishing industry, the build environment, the more we learn about our industry's impact, you know, on the build environment. I mean, it, when we know that it contributes to 40% of carbon emission, we, we start to really feel different. We, we can all start to, you know, raise more awareness and 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 us as designers, I, I really truly believe our role is to is to really make conscious choices and, and, and help our colleagues, our trade, you know, manufacturer reps, whoever we work with from all the furnishings, fixture and equipment, as well as our clients, as much as we can you know, to, to, to try to reduce and, and, and to really consume for a more sustainable and healthy future. That's the first thing I will I will say. Now, in terms of choices, you know, we really should work with manufacturers who demonstrate sustainability commitment. You know, how do they use water? How do they save water? How do they use energy? Uh, do they use with farmers, local farmers, you know, and, and what type of certifications uh, do they use? Um, so y- you ask, um, you know, what products should we start with or how can we start with? I'll say it really is in your food as well as your fashion, as well as your furniture. Really to really try to choose sustainable and circular products as much as possible and whenever possible. Really learning to read labels, and I will now focus on the furnishings you know, industry. There's a resource uh, called the Sustainable Furnishing Council, so I will mention it. It's a non-profit organization, national organization, and really uh, trade, um, you know, manufacturers, uh, designers, architects um, can be all part of, of, of this, of this um, non-profit or can learn just by going on the sustainablefurnishings.org website and look at products 
and and look and how at some certification and standards and learn what it what it means and then therefore whenever they're going to shop for their clients or for themselves understand where this product comes from so some of these certifications that are super important and really reliable are the forest stewardship council services for wood if a wood is fsc certified which is the um, forest stewardship council uh, certified then you know that you would has been, uh, you know, sustainably sourced and 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 well made and is reliable. Green Guard certified is another certification. For textile, you want to make sure you have OECOtext, which is a great standard certification, as well as the Global Organic Textile Standards, which is GOTS, G-O-T-S. And then what even better, as I always say, and I'm a big advocate for um, circularity, cradle to cradle which means that your product um, you know, comes from recycled, repurposed, and has been upcycled and, and, and has an extended uh, longevity for its product. You actually go into quite a bit of this in your TV series uh, that you've been doing, right? Yes. You've talked to a few different companies that are have a bunch of these uh, quality or qualities or certificates. Um, so it's a good place that I even was just kind of... Uh, I would recommend diving in if anyone's listening and wants to learn um, from like an individual uh, retailer standpoint too. Yes, thank you so much for mentioning this. Yes, it's a it's a TV series that I created and executed, produced, and and host with um, the partnership of EarthX TV, which is an, an environmental uh, group, one of the largest uh, in the U.S. based in Dallas. And so they launched their their TV stream TV uh, channel, and um, and so we we partnered to to launch this series. We did season one. We just uh, last year we just filmed season two, which we launched in. Uh, 2022 later this year and 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 I I really wanted to talk and have this conversation with manufacturers for season one at least and 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 ask them what are their sustainable practices so then anybody can understand what does it mean what does sustainability uh, means and what does circularity means so we we interviewed I interviewed um uh, these um, manufacturers in season one and season two, we sort of expanding the topic and we're really going to talk more about circularity and, you know, in the furnishing build environment and beyond. Okay. So I can find these certificates. I'm sure these companies, if they have them, are doing a good job at telling you, right? Like, hey, we are going by this qualification. But how do I start kind of small within my own home being more sustainable? Now that I know... Shopping wise, I know what to look for. I've kind mm-hmm. of um, now. How do I make my actual home that already exists better? Yeah, so I start with um, you know I, I start by looking at all the furniture that you have, and uh, you know how old is it or how new it is, and sort of do an inventory and 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 see where you bought it from. So it's if if it's an antique, then you're good because the chemical. That were used the glue that was used and the evaporating think about this all the time the emanation you know like um i don't think we use that word but you know like uh, how it evaporates um you know in the air it's gone it's an antique it's been maybe for 30 years it's been going out mm-hmm. or more so you're good you know antiques keep you antiques which is why you know for the second market a place right now it's there's a real rise um not just because of sustainability but also because there's a large global supply problem mm-hmm. as, as you know right um, so so antiques is is fantastic for these two reasons right now it's the right timing to actually contribute to the circular economy it doesn't end up in the landfill everybody is very conscious so you start with that and you see what is old and 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 uh, how old it is then also what is new where did you purchase it now maybe you go and see on the website of that company where you bought it where does it come from you know, is there any sustainability pledge? That's how you start, you know, and if there is one good choice, good, good, you know, that's that, okay, they're at least making an effort and what type of sustainability pledge are they making? How are they using the wood? Where does the wood come from? Uh, you know, how do they use their wood? Is that water glue or are they not water glue? You know, somehow, somewhere it should be present. In 2022, there is a really big push for manufacturers to actually be transparent you look online um, and when you select your product or if you need to buy something new, 
you really look for that product. Where is it? Where does it come from? Does it have any of the certification that I was mentioning and more? Go and, and, and see, you know, does any of those emit some scent? Those are probably not really good. They're chemical scent, but PFAs, PFAs are, you know, cancer induce, inducing. I mean, you know, the more you learn these terms, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, you know, that's the key. You know, it means that they are emitting chemicals. You know, now what type of any chemicals, you know, phthalates, PFAs, PVCs, I'm not going to go on. But it's like, you know, the more you learn, the more you actually understand there is an organization called the red list and i'm not kidding it's really there and it really shows you the number of chemicals that are in every single furniture you have furniture object and you know a food and and uh, and, and so on fashion you know and you actually realize and become aware as i was saying you know environmental sustainability is a lifestyle you become aware and you become aware as a designer you become aware as a consumer and, and you just you just want to change things, you know, the more you, you become aware. Are there particular items, I suppose, that are more have more of an impact than others? Like you were saying before, you know, choosing like cottons or wools because they're renewable or like Sumbrella, for example, is Green Guard certified and has no off gassing, that kind of thing. Or like is fabrics and upholstery or is should it should you be? paying more attention closely to like wood products or is it mattresses? I guess I'm trying to figure out like, yeah, yeah, how how can I get my mind around where I can make the most impact with my shopping choices? Just like in terms of the different categories. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, that's just a great question. I would also, in terms of materials, you have, you really know that, you know, the type of wood you want to, 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 to look for, you really want it to be FSC uh, certified. The more you have that, the more you make sure that it'll be, it'll be good for you and, and your interiors. Stone, you know, you want to learn the different stone, the one that it, usually you go with what's traditional, you know, marble, porcelain. You want to limestone. You want to make sure these, you know, are there because they're, they're there forever. They're like tr- truly reliable, they're traditional, but they're actually the good ones. Um, they've not been manipulated in one way or another. Metals, uh, the traditional one, you know, brass, bronze, all of these, you know, are, are old materials, but they're fantastic. You'll know you, you make the right choice, you know, as long as, it's, it, it, as it has not been added or, or mixed with something else. Wool, wool is a regenerative fiber. A linen is a wonderful, phenomenal regenerative fiber. Cotton, you need to be careful. You need to know where it comes from, how it was made. As a certification about cotton that you want to make sure, you know, is there. And silk, generally, like this old textile, again, you know, you, you come back, which is why we have that kind of a trend, that movement uh, at the moment. We're coming back to nostalgia, coming back to the past. It's linked to that you know, to these choices as well is how do we trust, you know, the real traditional ways and the way it was done in the past? How can we do a regenerative, go towards a regenerative agriculture and do things the way it was done in the past without chemicals? So it's kind of link uh, that movement towards nostalgia at, at the moment in fashion as well as in interiors. Yeah, I think this is all super yeah. exciting and you're, you're going to make me go back and reread all of our product pages and all of our <laughs> and rewrite our entire website. We've been starting to do a lot more environmentally friendly products as well. And one of our top selling dining room tables is actually made from hurricane tumbled wood, our Ren oh. dining table. But we don't but we don't advertise that nearly right. as much. So mm-hmm. I'd love I'd love to bring that to the forefront too. Yeah, I think it's an excellent idea. One yes. of our biggest partners is Sumbrella and they're an extremely environmentally conscious company. I mean, their building is LEED certified. Everything is tested for off-gassing and stuff. So I do feel like there's... Yeah. And even those, those are acrylics and all of, actually all of our performance fabrics are um, green certified. I want to ask you about is solar... And like doing solar panels and that stuff on your individual home, is that worth it? 
Ah, that's a very personal question. Um, but I'd say, yes, with what uh, the, the current inflation and how it's not going to slow down with what's happening in Europe, unfortunately, in the world, you know, the inflation is only going to go up. And so if you can, for the planet, you know, go solar with your energy, you might as well just do it as much as possible. So, you know, you also avoid, uh, um, you know, a higher bill for yourself. But yeah, definitely, I do solar. Um, and, and, and I encourage it for my clients, you know, with architects with where we work as many times as possible. Um, Is it better. getting more attractive? More attractive and, you know, uh, more companies a- that form, more company afford, you know, more interesting deals. I, you know, I think it's a future. I mean, it's a present in Europe. It's a present in Australia, New Zealand. Africa, it's it's coming. Um, you know, so, so many parts in Asia. Yeah, it's there. North America. You know, but many, many, many companies are, are there now. What are some concerns that you might have? You wanted to put panels on. Like, are, are there are there things that you should consider about the design of your home or the design of your house that makes installing solar panels easier, harder, or? Things to consider is that when you buy, especially if you, you know, you have a property or when you purchase a new property, just make sure that you don't have trees hiding this, uh, this roof. You know, how much, how much opening do you have? I mean, somewhere in the middle of, uh, of, uh, you know, Arizona, you'll, you'll probably be fine. <laughs> but, uh, right. you know, uh, on the East Coast, the West Coast, Northwest Coast, you know, just, just be careful or even, you know, more, uh, you know, inside. I, I would just be very careful, you know, uh, consider uh, how much sun do you get through the day and, 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 you know, does it have access? You know, you might have to, to cut some of these tree branches just to make sure that your property orientation and your house is, uh, gets access to, to the sun. If you're going to trim all of your tree cover and create more sunshine, <laughs> are you not just making your house hotter and therefore requiring more air conditioning? Ooh. Uh, well, it depends on your house orientation and how much you want. You don't want to do too much opening, but you want to just make sure that you have enough, you know, to, to heat uh-huh. that, these, uh, these solar panels. So it, it it creates, you know, an efficient solution for your home without exactly creating excessive heat. Cool. I just think about that because I feel like your house is really shady, but because of the shade, it doesn't get a ton. Like we have a pretty good, like I feel like our house retains heat and air. Well, I don't know how to explain this properly, yeah, but, but then if I were to like trim it, then sure, I would get more <laughs> sunshine, but wouldn't my house be hotter? And therefore, require more energy to cool it. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a scientist, so clearly. So um, <laughs> these are all <laughs> things that someone much smarter than me could probably answer very easily. But I wanted to ask just about, okay, so if you've come in and you've looked at what I have and some of this stuff I'm going to get rid of, I know we're always just, you know, drawn to newer things and, you know, or different things. What is the best way to upcycle my home goods that I I want to off get rid of, but I also don't want them to end up in a landfill? Hmm. Well, it depends on your home goods, you know, what type of home goods. Uh, That's true. Um, Yes. I mean, uh, you know, if you can donate, you know, it's always better, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so many people need anything, as you know, you know, like um, donate, donate as much as you can. If you don't, every, anything you can do to avoid uh, landfill. Now, if there is something you don't like, but you, you might, you might have liked so much. Can you, can you keep it and transform it, you know, kind of a vase? Some, you know, you have some creators of, of broken vases and then they, they, they repatch the vases and do have a, have a new creation, mm-hmm. you know, that's just an example. I mean, but that is if you're really crafty and you love doing all that work, you know. A part of your, that, that's one of the responses I wanted to give, you know, when you were asking what can you do at home is that, you know, part of your furniture, there are some things you might not like. So, you know, try to donate, mm-hmm. but some other things that you keep, how can you keep them and, 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 and transform it? So that could be a cabinet, you know, I mean, should you remove some of the doors, but then what do you do with these doors? You know, could you decorate, you know, part of the house, you know, with a wall and just with that cabinet, you know, is there a way to, you know, uh, uh, water seal it, you know, use a seal with um, uh, uh, or, or paint it, water paint it, you know, uh, a different way. 
just just like as much as you can upcycle you know transform your your furniture would be great a bed maybe you like the bed frame but you don't like the mattresses anymore so no that's a big issue you know but you want to know where to get mattresses you know if the next time you need to to replace your mattress you want to just make sure you're using the correct mattress you know for your health uh, you want to be careful for flame retardants, but you also want to be sure that you will find it from a good provider. And what does this provider of mattresses does with the mattress that you have at home? Do they recycle it? Do they pick it up and, 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 and put it somewhere? You know, that's something you want to just also see. You, we can't just throw mattresses, thousands and thousands to the landfill. Mm-hmm. What about smart technology? Taryn, I think you wrote this question in here, but I'm going to steal it. I did. Yes. I just want to know what can we bring into our homes to make it better, too, on the environment? Uh, of course. Absolutely. I love I love smart technology. Well, When well used, uh, it's, it actually uh, contributes to not only our wellness, you know, I'll use that word again, but uh, to sustainability. Because you want to have kind of a, a control of shades, like a central control that can help you remotely, you know, either by speaking, touch-free or with a remote control, control your shades, you know, and your window treatments, you know, if you have them electronic. You just want to control how much that sound, to answer your question, Caroline, you know, how much that sound can enter and heat up the home, but you can actually control it by just with some blinds, you know. The temperature control is essential. You want to just have as many as you can, you know, of temperature control that are uh, energy saving. You want to choose carefully your stove and your oven, you know. There's a big uh, discussion about, you know, getting rid of your gas cook you know, because gas keeps emitting methane even when stopped. You know, gas stove, there's like a big discussion about this. You know, you may want to go induction. So not only you save energy, but also um, you you avoid your house to keep having these um, VOCs emitted. Yeah, smart technology is phenomenal. And sound, you know, you have integrated sound, you can play music. And uh, and I just mentioned for wellness, you know, the more you can, you know, uh, know how efficiently to use, you know, all of these different devices for your TV, your radio, playing music, you know, speaker integrated or not, you know, just uh, wireless speakers, the more you, you, you control better. Even your alarm system and and the, the, the door ring, you know, the front door ring, you want to just be able to stay in front of your office, uh, home office, and be able to see who's at the door without having to move. That's convenience, safety, uh, you know, energy saving, water, water saving as well. You can even calculate how much water. Water is the new gold. We want to make sure we are saving water as much as we can. That's exciting to me. I'm, I'm going to start getting water harvesting. I I really want to get into that. Like collecting rainwater yes. and using it for garden instead of instead of using your hose and using the street water. Oh yeah, to like harvest a, um, water. Mm-hmm. Like rain, a, oh gosh, there's a, rain harvesting, that's the that's the like Google a rain barrel. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you got to be careful what you Google, Liz. You got to be specific. Got it. Harvest rainwater. Got it. That's it. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm really pleased to hear that. Fantastic. Okay. So what is your, what would you say is your number one wellness thing you have in your home that has made your life better? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, number one wellness thing. If you can't think of one, you're allowed to have two. <laughs> no, I'd say really it's my very large uh, windows, how much the, the light, I actually worked with it with the architect. So um, mm-hmm. uh, with my architect, it's like, you know, these window uh, to floor, floor to ceiling windows and how much, you know, natural light comes in. Just every morning waking up to this and being able to just slide my door and go to my garden and here at the moment, spring you know, bird song, it's magical. So um, it's just really that, uh, you know, these windows everywhere with sunlight everywhere is just, to me, is essential. Uh, I, I, I'm a true believer of, you know, health comes from inside out. Happiness comes from inside out. If you really, first thing in the morning, you have this beautiful sound, at least for me, you know, who is a nature lover, I have that. It just makes me feel so well, right? right from the start. 
I, I definitely agree with that. To your point, it's uh, the pause, like you said, and taking in nature. And um, I don't think I've ever been to the beach when you first get there and you hear the roaring of the waves and the somehow it hits you. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm better. I don't know what was ailing me, but I'm better. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a question from Kimberly. Yes. So let's get to it. Yes. All right. Our decorating dilemma today comes from Kimberly and she says, my husband and I just bought our first home and I'm trying to plan the layout of our future family room. The house is a 60 split level and this family room is on the first floor directly back from the entryway. We're replacing the paneling with drywall, ripping out the built-ins and stripping the mantle to a natural wood finish with lime washed brick. We are totally stumped with how the room should be laid out. This will be our main family gathering and play space for young kids. We want to put a TV in the room, but aren't big TV watchers and don't want that to be, to be the room's focal point. What should I do about a TV in this space? How do I distract from the bulkhead? Any ideas for where to put a couch and armchairs? Or would a sectional or regular sofa work better for flow? What can I do to incorporate hidden storage for books and kids' toys? The pictures attached are from the prior owner, so it's currently a construction zone. Thank you so much, Kimberly. To me, first of all, it seems like it's an open uh, plan, you know, uh, space, mm -hmm. uh, well, at least that room, you know. You can see the stairs going down. You can see that there is another hallway on the other side. Um, there's a lot going on in here. Um, you know, where, what should I do about the TV in this space? I mean, my first inclination would be to place the TV on wall brackets on that orange painted wall. Um, you know, so that way it's not a focal point. Um, you know, yet mm -hmm. it is easy to watch TV um, and out of reach of little hands. I, I don't know how, how young her kids, their kids are. That, that's the first thought I had. Mm -hmm. If they're not big TV watcher and, and, and wouldn't mind a smaller TV, that, that's at least not a favorite option. But I, I would say, you know, you may want to place uh, the TV on the top right corner of a fireplace wall, but I, I'm, I'm not too much of a fan of TVs on a corner. Uh, we usually do this. We used to do this in, uh, in kitchens a lot, but I would definitely go for um, the orange paint uh, wall, you know, with, with, uh, with a painting county. You know, how do I distract from the bulkhead? Oh, great question. You know, I, I really love that. You know, if, if a bulkhead uh, can be minimized or, you know, eliminated, I would find a way to incorporate it in the design of the living room. So I think what would be best to decorate around and, and really manage the look, the size, the shape and transform it or extend it. You know, these are all different uh, ways to really deal with uh, bulkheads. Uh, and, and, and in this case, we really want to avoid the bulkhead to be uh, an eyesore. So um, I would say to disguise it, you know, they can paint it the same color as the ceiling. Uh, that is one way. They can also maybe incorporate, you know, recessed uh, LED lighting, you know, and highlight a few specific areas on the mantle. Or they can decorate it and make it look like a, a wooden beam, you know, to make it stand out. So they can either paint it to look like wood or I think in the market, there are now some wallpaper, if they want to go for it, that provide the look, you know, of a beam. Or they can replace it with an actually real wood beam. Yeah, I was noticing that it has so, okay, just to kind of describe it to everyone, there's a wall with a, it's almost like a wainscoting, but it's brick. So it's like the fireplace brick covers the entire wall, but only like the bottom two thirds of the wall. I don't know how to describe this, but, and, it, and then there's a long, long mantle, very long mantle that goes the entire width of the wall. And then you look maybe like you've got maybe like three to four feet of wall, and then there's sort of a soffit or like a bulkhead, and then there's the ceiling. But I noticed that there's a piece, a little piece of trim, almost like what would be crown molding, except that you have this weird cutout where the, you know, the soffit is. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like, I, I mean, I loved all of your ideas. No matter what idea she goes with, she needs to paint that trim because I feel like it, it just emphasizes the soft bulkhead, bulkhead area. Yeah. So yes, the bulkhead. Yes. 
paint it the wall color or paint it the ceiling color. Right now, it looks like maybe it's just raw wood and it it sort of just exaggerates the the problem. Yes, exactly. You don't want to exaggerate. You want to hide it as much as possible and you want to, so therefore you, you can make it stand out, which is why I was suggesting the wooden beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I love that idea. You, you know, you, you just want to really use it. You know, you decorate it, you, you integrate it um, as much as you can. Uh, that would be my favorite solution, especially with a fireplace and that mantle. Um, and I don't know, you know, if I'll keep that, that mantle all the way through. Or, or not, you know, it, it, there's no mention about that, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that, that to me would be the best way. And yes, if you have to paint, you know, that area to paint it, um, you know, uh, I would say the color of the ceiling, that's the best way to blend it. Okay. She also asked about a sectional or a regular sofa. Which one do you think would work better for flow? Well, you know, for flow, she asked, uh, you know, like where to put that couch and that sofa. Well, actually, that sofa and armchairs, I think she asked, um, I would personally mm-hmm. would really put it in front facing the fireplace because it seems that they want to have some sort of conversations and social life, you know, and they, they don't want to just be, um, you know, focused on, on the TV. So that's what I would do in an armchair on each side. There's already a kind of a set configuration. I would not uh, advise for flow to go for a sectional while you are stuck with that L shape. I mean, you know, you're there with it, um, um, and it's very difficult to um, to to get rid of it. Um, so I would do, uh, you know, one sofa, um, one couch, uh, as she said, and then two, you know, armchairs, one on each side, and therefore there's flexibility. If that TV, uh, you know, ends up being on that wall painted wall of, on that wall, uh, then they can just easily watch TV from there. They have and, and you know slightly move that that second armchair if they need to. Okay, and then her final question was how to incorporate hidden storage for books and kids' toys. Yes, so I was uh, I would suggest that you know on each side that that that, that wall uh, along the fireplace is is, is so uh, that, that that fireplace wall is so long or at least seems to be so long, um, and I would I would not hesitate to actually put, if possible, you know. A kind of a wall system in there that they can build themselves, not too high, but that goes to the height of the mantle. Um, so that way would be a good use of the space each side, you know, far enough from the from the fireplace. But therefore, sh- that could be very um, very um, creative, you know, with kind of adjustable shelves, you know, bookcase cabby and maybe cabby drawers, you know, and choose them in wood. And just, you know, um, add some door with doors or without door, depending if they want to um, display some books. But I think uh, that would be a great space to actually have them there. So easy to reach, easy to play with, but easy to put away as well, because that's what we do when we have young kids, you know, get the toys out, put them back, get the toys out, put them back constantly. And we want this to be easy, easy to reach, easy to do. But we want to keep the room organized and, you know, uh, free of clutter. So I feel like, you know, um, um, a wall system, kind of a, you know, a sturdy wall system um, would be great uh, in that case. That's what I would recommend. And and, and again, you know, made of green gal gold certified and and all these, you know, fair trade certified um, uh, products would be great. I like that idea, too, because it's also going to make the the fireplace a little bit more of a focal point because the mm-hmm. the wall is so long with brick that the fireplace ends up just kind of floating yes in the room yes yeah i was also going to suggest maybe like a storage ottoman or we we have like a sofa with a chaise on it and like the chaise is you can like lift up and store things within the the ottoman that this is a chaise anyways but things like because she said she specifically asked about hidden storage so yes i was thinking things like that where it just looks like a pretty ottoman but then you can lift it up and hide all the toys and the legos or whatever you've got in there it's kind of nice yes i think that's a great idea yes absolutely and and i was suggesting doors on this wall system you know with doors and mm, cabinets yeah. drawers because she wanted to have them concealed. Yeah, totally. but, 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 but we want to think about efficiency and flow all the time uh, when you design. And so, you know, what can be easier, as you said, you know, the, the Ottoman, but also these wall systems, just each. You yeah. know. So then that, that fireplace, as you said, Caroline, is not 
it's not so lost because yeah, it's 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 a it's a long wall. And and keeping in mind again that this life phase you're in of toys and books is not permanent. Pardon? I just I mean I think it's something that I am very conscious because I have little kids and I, I'm designing and renovating myself and it's very much a this is a phase. How right. do I main like? I want it to work now. I don't want to just fudge it, but I also know that this, you know, isn't super long term. So how do I make it work? Right. But you're always going to need storage. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's making sure it's... Uh, it's multi-purpose or, yes. yeah, like it yeah. can grow over time. Yeah, totally. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is just a nice reminder, too, to be like, okay, this play gym with a mat and like a thing for the baby or like, you know, your baby right. bouncer or whatever yeah. it is. Like, this is only here for a year. <laughs> it will go away. Right, 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 right. It's okay. <laughs> and then you have- Every time toys. I trip over it in the middle of the night, that's what I tell myself <laughs> instead of throwing it in the trash. <laughs> but yeah. also just, yeah, having beautiful built-ins and stuff too, even though it might be an investment, would have longevity. So. Right, 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 right. And then you can replace that with bookshelves, you know, like uh, Lise's background with books and books behind, you know, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. You know, later on, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll need, they'll need to read, they'll need to, you know, um, more and more, and we need to read with them and so on. So it's like, um, you know, you can use it. And then you have your own memento when they're older, you know, it's still you can use this uh, half of bookshelves, mementos, vases. I mean, different things, you know, it still is yeah. a decoration. And then a, a wall system, it, it allows you to to build it in different ways. If you ever move to a different house, you can reuse it. You know, it's like, yeah, always with that in mind. All right. Well, Kimberly, good luck. Please send us after photos. Thank you for listening to the show. We're so glad that you found us. All right, Lawrence, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? All of that. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes. Thank and you learn. So thank you so much Uh, so my website is uh, laurencecar.com which is l-a-u-r-e-n-c-e-c-a-r-r.com and you can find me on my social media which is instagram mainly at laurencecar inc which is at l-a-u-r-e-n-c-e-c-a-r-i-n-c as well as on linkedin uh, you can find me there. Um, these are the two platforms we use the most. Um, we're also on Facebook and Pinterest, and it's the same handle. And uh, I write a blog. Yes, I've been writing one for a long time, and uh, there's a lot of references about sustainability and circularity, um, about our TV show, laurencecar.com slash forward blog. And, and you'll, you'll find it. you find everything on the website. And even the link to our FX TV um, series is there as well. Thank you so much. Yes, thank Perfect. you. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.